Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D in the house. Thank you, sir, whoever you are. We have such an interesting topic today, ending the year for this series and hoping to renew for 2023. Uh, just in case you don't know, Financial Excellence with Game Changers is our longest running Game Changer series presented by SAP. This has been our 11th year and we're going for a dozen. So there. Now, if you're in a business, and I know our business listeners around the world are, whether you're running it, whether you're serial entrepreneuring it, whether you're working for it, you got to pay taxes somewhere. We're going to talk about that. So let me give you a couple of buzz quotes. According to Reuters, in from a meeting in Paris in July 1st, 2021, that's a little more than a year and a half ago, most of the countries negotiating a global overhaul of cross-border taxation of multinational companies have back plans for new rules on where companies are taxed and a minimum tax rate of at least 15%. Let me just stop there. That's from Reuters. Now I have another report from OECD.org on tax. Listen to this. As of November 4th, also 2021, over 135 countries and jurisdictions joined a new two-pillar plan, that's what we're going to talk about, to reform international taxation rules and ensure that multinational enterprises, here's the bottom line, pay a fair share of tax wherever they operate. Did you hear me? Wherever they operate, you know who you are. So let's start with my overview of the topic. Look up. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's global minimum tax. Oh my, will your husband, will your company be hit? And if yes, how hard? So global minimum tax rules are called Pillar 2 TWO model rules. They're set to go into effect in 2024. Now, full disclosure, we are coming to you live on LinkedIn, on Voice America Business Channel. Today is November what, 29th, 2022. So 2024 is not that far away. This was developed as part of OECD G20 BEPS 2.0 project. Somebody, uh, Erica, is going to translate that for us later. Uh, these rules will dramatically change the international tax landscape and create significant new tax reporting and compliance requirements. That's why we're talking to our global audience for organizations that are affected in every industry. The clock is ticking. Your finance organization needs to understand what could be the impacts on your company. They need to develop a comprehensive technology-centered plan. They need to talk about adapting your internal processes and systems to manage new computations and data requirements. Always data, data, data. Calculate your global minimum tax liabilities. There's that horrible word, liabilities. And satisfy reporting obligations. So I'm going to say saddle up. We have three experts on this topic who are going to talk about, I don't know, is this good news? I'm not sure. I'll ask my guests in just a minute. Wave when I call your name, and then we're going to go around and get bios. Finding Bauman Larson at EY. Finding, so happy to have you back. Welcome. You've been on so many times over the years, and, and I know you're a fan of financial excellence, and we're a fan of yours. We have Erica Busen at SAP. Hello, Erica. There she is. Happy to have you back. Beautiful background if you're watching us on LinkedIn. And Matthias Klein, haven't talked to you in years at BASF. Delighted to have you back. And I'm going to ask for their take on a new world order, the arrival 
of global minimum tax. I think everybody's shaking in their boots on this one. And a shout out, of course, to series sponsor, Pras Chatterjee and Chris Grundy for being with me so many years. So let's get started around the tables. Finding, I'm putting you on speaker view so everybody can see you. And we'd like you to catch us up now, Finding. You were on the show, I think, a couple months ago, and I'm guessing there might be 14.2 people in the world who don't remember you. Could you please update those 14.2 people and tell them what you've been up to? Welcome. No, thanks a lot, Bonnie, and I'm delighted to be on again. I mean, it's, um, it's a true pleasure every single time. And as you say, I also want to kind of extend my gratitude towards um, Chris and the production team. I think what I'm up to, Bonnie, is I'm trying to help multinationals really understand what is really the impact of these new regulations on their operating model and their companies. And what we see in the market is that a lot of um, a lot of multinationals are trying to understand what does this really mean? When will it come into effect? And are we ready to deal with it? So are they scared? Are they scared? Yeah, I think, I mean, scared is probably uh, a strong word, but more and more are starting to kind of lose a bit of their night's sleep on these rules. They are complex. They are very complex to rules. And you will not be able to properly address them without looking into some proper technology enablement. Very interesting. And just before I let you go and go to Erica, I want you to just refresh everybody on your background. How long have you been with EY? What got you into tax technologies? Finding, tell us a little more about yourself. Oh, yes. No, thanks, Bonnie. Uh, I've been with EY for 20 years. Um, it's a fantastic organization to be in. It's really a lot of different opportunities. And the reason why I kind of got into taxes is that I see it as one of the last uh, frontiers to kind of adopt proper technology enablement. And with tax adopting technology, we can really and truly drive transformational benefits on behalf of the organization. Thank you very much. I see you're a person with your heart in the right place as far as tax goes, delivering the message that people may or may not want to receive. We'll talk more about that later. Erica, welcome back. Same 14.2 people who may not remember you. Shame on them. Erica, refresh us. What do you do at SAP? What's your passion for tax technology? Welcome back, Erica. Thank you, Bonnie, and uh, I do actually what Svenong uh, uh, has been saying. Definitely thank you for having us again, and thank you for the team for organizing this value-adding show to everyone. And for the 14.2 people, if I remember the number right, uh, just go back and watch the show that we did back in August because it's still very relevant and interesting. So just go back. The title was Turning Taxes into Opportunities. So yes, can be true. Tax can be an opportunity. And that's why we are here again today. Uh, so, uh, Wally, you're probably going to watch it later on. Uh, just to refresh uh, who I am, I'm solution owner for uh, Global Tax at SAP. That's the uh, boring and official title you can also see in the background. Uh, before Bonnie asked me what 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 got me into tax, that's a good question. It's probably the same thing I said last time. Uh, well, when I started working, I got thrown into the only project that no one wanted to do in the organization I joined back at the time, which was a project for tax. And that's not a surprise. No one wanted to do it. <laughs> uh, so that's what got me into tax. But uh, that's not what kept me into tax since then. Uh, uh, I did a few uh, business transformation enabled by ERP and cloud solutions. So that's uh, got a bit of luck to do something, uh, let's say, broader. And uh, that was bringing 
bigger benefit to organization. But what could be mean to taxes, definitely what Spain uh, just said, right? It's, a, it's an area where there are a ton of opportunities. It's in the past has been neglected by uh, others because no one wanted to do tax, but also tax experts have been quite neglecting technologies because tax authorities still wanted a piece of paper delivered at the door, not even by a post, pretty much. Uh, so it's uh, it, it is a space, a ton of opportunities, and uh, uh, when it comes to ERP and the technologies around ERP, so it's not just the ERP itself. Of course, there is a lot of business value we can uh, uh, bring on the table. We can help uh, customer understand uh, how ERP and technology can, together with process organization and so on, uh, help and deliver value in the space of tax. And that's uh, here we are, and so why today we talk about. Uh, uh, BAPS, which uh, I think you gave me a task earlier, which is base erosion and profit, profit shifting. So it's, um, uh, we'll talk about it uh, a little bit more later. Thank you for remembering my request. It was a lot of letters. I call it alphabet soup, and we always want to know what those letters are. Let's just leave it there. Thank you, Erica. Matthias Klein, happy to see you. It's been quite a while since you've been on the show, and we're very glad to have you back. So let's do the full bio. How long have you been with BASF? What's your role? What got you into tax? And talk to us. Matthias, welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, nice to be back. Actually, it was some time, yeah, when you talked the last time here, yeah. And I think it was a similar setup and also interesting tax digitalization topic. That's where I'm working now at, at BSF. My career started BSF 2002. And actually, I started also in business and business line of crop protection of BSF. Then your question is, how did I end then in the central department for taxes? Actually, it was a little bit similar like with Erica. There was a project around transfer pricing, yeah, and I didn't run maybe fast enough away at uh, that time working controlling, yeah, and uh, that, that was my, let's say, entrance ticket to the world of Texas, yeah. Uh, so actually since 2004, I'm, I'm dealing with these transfer pricing topics and uh, the last 10 years then focusing uh, in the tax department on transfer pricing and since 2018, um, yeah, we, we realized that digitalization is also coming to our tax domain and that it's really necessary that companies uh, focus and address the topic. So 2018, we then uh, created that tax operations team that I'm heading at BSF now. Thank you very much. And what's your thought? I asked uh, Sveining a question. I didn't ask it to Erica, but I will. Are companies that are multinationals that are looking at this and say, oh no, it's here, we knew it would happen. Is there a fear out there? What do you think? Matthias? Uh, I think it's, uh, for, for, from a technical perspective, I'm with Weinung, yeah? So there's, there are processes to be adjusted, yeah? There's technology that can help us. But I think that the, the key point now is what will be the regulatory environment, yeah? That all this need to adapt to, yeah? And we know that we need to start now, yeah? Because there's a lot of work or first analysis shows there's a lot of work to be done, but the point is actually how how do we how do we tackle the topic that we don't know yet in full details? Yeah, we, we're used to work based on on legal requirements. Yeah, but the, the the process of putting these OECD concepts into local norms, legal requirements, that's still ongoing. Yeah, and we see, for example, even within the EU, we see some front runner countries. Mm -hmm. Really try to, to lure maybe the rest to anonymity, which is required in the EU process. And uh, 
even within the EU, it's not clear. Yeah. So now, how 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 things will develop? When it's really becoming effective? And uh, actually, to what extent? Yeah. Especially if you look into C companies and and all of these complex topics that we probably will address a little bit later in our talk. So there's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. Yes. And even then, if you look uh, outside of Europe, yeah. So we are Germany based, but we also have um, uh, in the Americas and Asia Pacific. We have a decent footprint at BSF. So if you take a look at what US, what's happening there, and you might question, will US let go their tax incentives and be absorbed by just a pillar two mechanism, yeah? Mm -hmm. Or will they just be able to keep ignoring what's happening on OECD level, yeah? Or what will be the, the way forward, yeah? Thank you and, very uh, much. It, it is complicated is, and it, yeah. well, we're hoping, hoping today to lead the companies that are watching us and listening us, Matthias and Sveining and Erica, uh, lead them into an understanding that it is coming. And what I wanted to add, Matthias, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but while you were talking, I wanted to add something I didn't read in my opening that will support what you're saying, Matthias. 130 countries representing more than 90% of global GDP have backed the agreements at the talks that were happening in Paris in July 2021. 90%. That means a lot of countries think something needs to change. And we're not going to get into the politics of this or the legalities, I don't think. But that to me says an overwhelming number of countries want the tax concept to change for multinationals. Do every, If anybody agrees with that, raise your hand. We got agreement that this is no it's popular or it's, <laughs> it may not be with the companies, but it is with the countries. That's the point. <laughs> Matthias is hiding his eyes. Thank you very much. <laughs> I want to move on. Oh, I didn't think we were going to have a funny topic today and we may just get there. I want to move on to the opening quotes. And finding I'm letting you get away with this quote because it's so on the topic and we usually look for quotes that are not, <laughs> but he nailed the topic. It was so funny. Finding has brought us a quote from from a 1950 American comedy drama film called Born Yesterday. The character is Billy Dawn, played by wonderful actress Judy Holliday with two L's in Holliday. She won an Oscar for her performance. Very, very interesting. A lot of backstory on this movie, but I'm just going to read the line because finding, I'll let you get away with this. The line is, when you steal from the government, you're stealing from yourself, you dumb ox. <laughs> <laughs> That's the backbone of what we're talking about today. Spining, take two minutes and tell us how in the world did you find a quote from a 1950 comedy drama? <gasps> Go ahead, Spining. Oh, yeah, no, Bonnie. I mean, um, I was laughing a bit when you kind of replied to my email and you you kind of um, you made a point. Do you look at these 50s movies? Um, <laughs> and actually, yes, I've looked at that movie. And it was by random that this came up, um, and I find it really hilarious. But I think the back, the background to this is, so this lady, she's an uneducated lady, um, which were, you know, back at the 50s, pursuing a career together with her husband in Washington. And he was, you know, a business um, character that wanted to become really rich and famous. <clears throat> and she didn't, didn't know much about this. And the quote kind of gives a bit of resemblance as to, to where we are with a lot of the taxes, because I think 
tax. I think we should all pay our fair share of it. And what she's saying, when you steal from the government, you steal from yourself, you dumb box. It's partially true, right? Because the taxable profits either being or coming from multinationals or coming from, you know, personal taxpayers, they're coming into the government for, you know, financing of welfare systems. It is the kindergartens. I'm living in Norway. Without the taxable income, I wouldn't have the welfare system that I actually have, right? Someone will become richer. Someone will become poorer money. And the distance between poor and rich will just increase. So I think she didn't know much, but that much she knew. And I think that's a noble statement. And very interesting. Thank you. In the movie, apparently her husband was so annoyed with her, with her gaffe by saying this to him, that he hired somebody, a journalist played by William Holden, another great actor from the time, to teach her how to speak in polite company. Well, guess what? She figured out how corrupt her husband was, and she fell in love with the journalist. Ha! So it was quite a story. Also, what, what was interesting to me was that um, Garson Kanan, K-A-N-I-N, wrote a stage play. Uh, this was a stage play in 1946, four years before. And somebody wrote the screenplay, but director George Cukor didn't like the work of the guy who wrote the screenplay. So he went to Kanan and said, would you mind writing a screenplay based on your own play? And Kanan did, but there were legal entanglements and they could not name Garson Kanan as the, on the screen credit for writing the screenplay. They had to give it to Mannheimer. I just, just, I love the backstory. So thank you. I've been getting, I'm getting a lot of movie quotes from movies in the forties and fifties recently finding from my guests. I find it absolutely amazing. And on that note, we're going to go back to 1939. Erica knows where I'm going because Erica picked a very famous quote. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight words, packing a punch. Rhett Butler, played by the wonderful Clark Gable. His last words to Scarlett O'Hara, played by Vivian Lee. Gone with the Wind, 1939 American epic, historical, romance film. And Scarlett says, where shall I go? What shall I do? And she wants to win him back. He's been trying to get her to fall in love with him for 10 years. And he says, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That's the quote. So Erica, I have no idea where you're going to go on the tax topic with this quote, but I'm turning it over to you. Go ahead and surprise us, Erica. <laughs> But fair enough. Uh, I've been debating between multiple quotes and uh, I've chosen season for a personal reason because that was the first carnival costume my mom gave to me. When uh, I mean, to the years I remember, that's not probably the first one of life. Uh, but uh, I mean, there are quite a few I could relate to this topic and I've chosen a season because if anyone in the audience is working in the tax department or uh, is close to the tax department, I'm sure it's quite familiar and get a reaction like, frankly, I don't give a damn. I mean, every time there is a new tax requirement and there is a like from tax department, there is a try to get a project, a transformation. It's so, so hard to get engagement in the rest of the company. And I mean, also when it comes to like software development, like prioritize every tax topic. I mean, it's always first we need to win the challenge of uh, I don't give a damn uh, to what you are saying and you're from tax just making it complicated. So I think everyone in the tax department can uh, relate to it. And uh, uh, But to take it even a step further, if we think about Pillar 2, uh, that's what I've heard uh, a lot of company, then tax department is 
already start stop sleeping like Schweinungsade at the very start. Eh? And the rest of the company is like, I don't give a damn. It's in 2024. We are in November 2022 or even like July 2022. Why should I care about the 2024? And uh, mm-hmm. that's where we are all afraid that that is going to happen like uh, what happened to Ara. And uh, if we don't roll up our sleeves and uh, uh, we wait too late, it's going to be too late to do something about it. Because like back to what Matthias was saying in the introduction, it, it's not press of a button uh, type of magic. And that... <clears throat> I could relate to this quote from tax perspective. Uh, on the other end, uh, like I said, uh, the rest of the department in the company, they shouldn't neglect it like Oara did with Red for a long time. Because if you wait too late, then uh, there will be no much time to do uh, any action. And like Oara went back home and just hoping something will change. There will be no magic uh, uh, when Pillar 2 come into play. And uh, once it becomes real, uh, it, it's going to be a real trouble if company is not ready. So it's uh, that's pretty much what I was thinking when I read this quote. And I can relate it to many topics in tax, but uh, uh, definitely Pillar 2 with 2024 deadline uh, is often getting this reaction. So that's where I was coming I, from. I think it's very realistic about what companies and maybe tax departments and finance CFO departments are really saying as well. Who cares? It'll be here when it's... It reminds me of when GDPR took effect. You remember a few mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. We heard about it. We knew about it. Companies had to plan for it. How do you disappear people? How do you give them back their identity? Sorry. Okay, we won't go there. Okay, let's go to, and uh, Svining, I put your first uh, statement for the discussion roundtable into the chat for you. Matthias Klein, I'm looking at, you have brought us up to the modern era, my friend. You've got a quote from a 2016 American computer animated jukebox musical comedy film, completely opposite genre to what Svining and Erica picked. It's the attribution is Buster Moon, who is a koala bear and the optimist theater owner voiced by the wonderful actor Matthew McConaughey. He's talking to Mina, who is a teenage elephant who's very, very, very frightened of being on stage, but she has a beautiful voice, voiced by a musician, Tori Kelly. Uh, The movie is Sing. It's produced by Illumination Entertainment, blah, blah, blah. Let me see what the story is here. Uh, It has 60 songs from famous artists, mostly produced diegetically, which comes from the Greek word meaning narration. And anybody go look that up. Plus one original song from Stevie Wonder and Ariana Grande. It's about a director. Let's see. What is it about? I had the whole I had the whole uh, summary here. You can give us a summary of it. Oh, here we are. He's trying to save his theater and he runs a competition for musicians. And when he puts out the flyer on the money that can be won, somebody adds two zeros. So it's a lot of money. And all of the animals in the anthropomorphic population in the movie try to perform and win the money. I think that's the overview. Here's the quote. Don't let fear stop you from doing the thing you love. I have to find out what this has to do with tax, Matthias. We're all waiting. What? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little, to set it a little bit in the context. Yeah. So I also noticed when, when thinking about lately movies I saw and um, uh, the genre is a little bit, uh, let's say, uh, restricted or limited since uh, since we we have two kids now uh, and uh, just in, in, the, in the peer group. Yeah. So therefore, I I, I often deal in my, in my projects, also in the, the Pillar Two project. We see this now with a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. So there, there might be when, when the people then say, okay, I, I know we need to change. Yeah. I understand. But what does it really mean for me, you know? And that, I mean, that's a matter of uncertainty. Yeah? There, there are good things in for you, there are bad things in potentially for you. 
But the point is really if you can if you can hold on to do the things that you really like and, and enjoy and bring that piece into that uh, whole aspect, I think then then that's that's already a win. Yeah. So therefore, really the, the point is to encourage people to yeah to we say in German to to to, to um, spring in uh, to. Uh, to jump into the cold water, yeah, and also to try out things, yeah, and see, see how it goes, yeah. And I think that's also a little bit in around that situation with Mina, that once she starts actually singing, yeah, then she really enjoys it and, and fear and, and all the, let's say, the weight goes away and she really performs perfect, yeah. And I think that that's a very good um, encouragement for people really to, to try it out. Yes, there's uncertainty, but... I think it, it, it's important that, that, we, that we move on, that we go forward. Thank you. And I think the key word there was fear. Don't let your fear stop you because there's a lot to cope with in these new regulations. Thank you all. You all did a wonderful job. Matthias, I love that you brought us up to the modern computer-generated musical age, and they're going way back, digging back into movie history. Great job, everybody, on the quotes. Thank you very much. Let's move on to our formal roundtable on the topic. If you're just joining us, well, you missed a lot of good conversation here, but our topic today is the arrival of minimum global taxes, a new world order. And instead of an exclamation point, I'm putting a question mark. Will it be a new world order? Because there are massive implications for this taking place. My special guest today is finding Bauman Larson from EY, Erica Busen from SAP, and Matthias Klein from BASF. And we have another half hour to go and a lot of good content here. So Svining, I'm going to read your statement number three. You you covered one and two in your comments before, so I don't want to repeat them. So Svining says, and here's what's going to happen. I'll read it. Take three minutes, unpack it, and then Erica, I need you to sit at the edge of your chair because you're going to pounce on what Spining says when I go to you, agree or disagree. Don't be afraid to disagree. He's in a very good mood. He's smiling the whole time now. And then Matthias, you're going to comment on what Spining said and what Erica said, agree or disagree with either or both. So you've got your work cut out. You can sit on the edge of your chair too. Here's the statement Spining shared with me. He says, the perfect is the enemy of the good when it comes to OECD's design of BEPS Pillar 2. They designed the perfect system with lesser consideration to the taxpayers and their compliance burden. I'm going to stop there and let you finish the thoughts. Vining, please. Yeah, thank you. I mean, everything is about balance, uh, Bonnie. Um, everything is about getting it right for the tax government to interrogate and ensure that the taxpayer is contributing with the right amount of taxes payable. But at the same time, what I'm seeing is that this particular regulation have a significant impact for the taxpayer when it comes to compliance. And when I'm reflecting on, on the rules, which is, you know, it's as thick as the US regulations on tax altogether, it is so hard to digest the rules. And then when you start to digest the rules and understand the impact of it, then you recognize that there is almost a parallel universe coming out there where you have rules designed in a way that you almost create a complex parallel tax accounting process and an additional tax return for every single country. And that is just the enemy of the good. Again, the OECD has a very noble cause to make sure that every single country 
gets their fair share of tax income mm -hmm. to support their kind of uh, citizens, welfare systems, whatever they have. But at the other hand, I'm not sure that the implications to the poor taxpayers have been taken sufficiently into considerations. That's what I mean with the statement. Interesting. A little controversial in there. I like. We like that. Erica, you're up. Agree or disagree with Feining? Go ahead. I generally like disagreeing with Feining, but I, I think I can't say it's time because, I mean, the, the, the perfect enemy of the good is, is true for everything in tax law. And but back to the quote, which I also had earlier, in which pretty much the most common answer to taxes, I don't give a damn, is because we look at the perfection and we look at that parallel universe that uh, uh, Zweinung is pointing out, which is almost irrealistic to achieve. And that's where the all, let's say, thing fell apart. So it's uh, uh, as we uh, all look into uh, BAPS 2.0 and Pillar 2 and how we prepare for it and how we efficiently uh, comply with Perhaps 2.0, because it's not just comply, but also how it's done efficiently. Of course, we need to focus on what is important. And especially from a tax perspective, as we start looking from system perspective and the change management, which is required on system and business process to enable it, because it's not just an after the fact thing that can be achieved uh, overnight, uh, then we should, of course, break the problem into pieces and focus it on what is important with, uh, which is also uh, I mean, what, what is uh, uh, the, the thing, and I'm sure Matthias can talk much more based on his experience, but that what uh, will help organization to prepare for it. Because if we start to get our arm around the universe, we, we can get our arm around the universe, which is where most of the time, again, tax projects get into trouble. So it's, uh, um, I mean, we must focus on what is important and uh, uh, look at it end to end uh, uh, on how to enable those key building blocks. And then, of course, it can be made more sophisticated and uh, more close to perfect uh, as things get more defined and so on. Uh, but that should not be the starting point. Thank you. Very interesting. Matthias, join us. Thoughts on what Sveinig shared and what Erica commented. Go ahead. I think really the, the, the key point from my perspective is what Sveinig also touched on is that it's uh, actually a text declaration or becomes part of the text declaration. Yeah, with that, if, if I put my feet into the shoes of the person that need to sign that tax declaration for the legal entity in that particular country, um, you need to be sure that those number that you are signing for, that they are correct. Yeah, so I, I, I would say that that's really, the, the, the requirement is really this to be perfect numbers. Yeah, then on the other hand, if you see that it's completely, yeah, and I, I agree also there, a completely a new world, yeah, instead of basing the calculation on local gap, rather going then potentially for an IFRS standard in your group and, and then computing your tax for a local compliance purpose on, on such an IFRS standard. Yeah, it's all along the, let's say, the food chain of data, if you look in the tax data pipelines, uh, that you need to train the people, you, you need to make them aware of the IFRS accounting, yeah, you need to be able to collect the information in the way you need it, and so on and so on. So that's a huge complexity coming with that um, good uh, intentions, yeah. With good intentions, yes, indeed. I've never heard anybody dealing with taxes say I have good intentions, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> From a taxpayer standpoint, I just moved to a state here in the U.S. where there's no state income tax. 
and the <laughs> property to I know and the so I can keep my CPA for my taxes from the other state I just moved from because she doesn't have to calculate this state's tax so I don't have to change preparers. But what's interesting is the property taxes are so low here, they're like 20% of what I paid in the other state on my house. So I'm finding out I didn't know I was moving to a very tax-friendly place, but I'm not a multinational. I don't have to worry about BEPS 2.0. It's finding this yeah, with that's your... What, that's what BEPS is trying to stop, isn't it? <laughs> I didn't tell them to change the taxes. That's the way it is. It's finding this was your topic. Comment back to the two of them, and then we'll tee up something for Erica. Go ahead. No, I think, I mean, it's great reflections from both Erica and from, uh, from Matthias. And, you know, I think we will see a lot of taxpayers that would need support, um, that would need guidance, handholding, and I can't say anything else than if you didn't start, get started because you're going to have a bit of an epiphany as to the complexities that is in front of you. And as Yoda would love to say at this moment in time, do or do not, there is no try, right? Do or do not. We're saying do. Okay, there we go. Erica, I've picked statement number two for you. A couple of interesting comments in here I'd like you to focus on. You say, considering BEPS, I'm going to pronounce it the way you do, BEPS 2.0, a tax-only or local problem, local project can set the premise for a big failure. It's a tax-driven initiative, but it impacts accounting, controlling, and forecasting. And here's what I want you to focus on. For the first time, it's on a global scale as it includes a top-up for the parent entity if subsidiaries don't meet the minimum global tax. Once you take it from there, parents and children, taxes. Oh my. Go ahead, Erica. Get, get complicated as parents and children, uh, for, for sure. I can't really comment myself on that, but uh, I'm sure Matthias will do afterward. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is indeed. I mean, tax, of course, uh, sorry, perhaps 2.0 always starts as a tax discussion, right? It's introduced by the OECD and uh, uh, the friendly name is global minimum tax, and that's why it gets labeled as a tax project, a tax project, right? But like uh, Matthias just pointed out, the starting point of uh, the applying the rule for uh, Pillar 2 are actually IFRS number. And IFRS number are the result of the, the accounting which happens in the ERP system and flows through consolidation. And if you think about it from a tax perspective, your starting point, it's your solid accounting data, which you don't own as a tax expert, right? You are a consumer of the tax data. and But most likely those data are not, let's say, sufficient for what you need for BAPS 2.0. So you need a strong collaboration with your accounting department to get the data right in the first place. And you can, of course, look into how do we kind of supplement after the fact, but looking at it on a global scale to supplement after the fact with no traceability will not help you uh, comply with PEPS 2.0 uh, in an efficient manner. And of course, if you are transforming your accounting system, if you are embarking an ERP transformation and uh, uh, you are embarking a transformation which also includes consolidation, then of course you sit on a pot of gold because that's there, it's your perfect opportunity to drive, a, uh, to drive changes in the upstream processes. But even if you are not embarking a business transformation, if you don't start from accounting and you don't get the accounting colleagues and the uh, colleagues from, uh, uh, yeah, from accounting uh, within your projects and working with you, that's going to set for the failure. And once you got those data right, that's where then the rest comes into play, right? Because, of course, you need to have your own system and your own capabilities. That's where technology comes into play. And that's also what Zweinung was saying is will be impossible to comply without 
a technology-driven uh, trans uh, enabled transformation. Uh, so you will have, of course, need the capability to bring in non-financial data because they're also required. You need simulation. Of course, you don't. You want to know where you're going to tax. You're going to be right. So you're not going to press a button after uh, the period of close and hope the number will look good. You want to see upfront, right? So that's where all those capabilities will help. But in the end, if there is an adjustment, it's a top-up adjustment. It's done at your parent level, and you need to be allocated down. So that's where the impact is everyone literally in the company and it does impact every single accounting uh, process in the company and it's not just consuming accounting data but the tax department start producing accounting data and if that is not looked at it end to end starting from ERP and consolidation and then how it flows back then there is no chance to really uh, comply efficiently and we often get also the question do you, do you have a solution for BAPS 2.0 and I mean that that's if we think about how it looks like, like you start from your accounting data and you needed to apply a set of rules and you need to feed the data back in, there is no magic solution that is plug and play like you have, for example, for invoice or other tax requirements, right? You need to be a flexible modeling that can help your organization to, based on your enterprise structure and based on your data model to set up the rules that you require. And of course, also to adapt because like Matthias said, uh, they are not set in stone and there will be a lot of surprises coming up for all of us. And so it's a, it's a, it, it is not a technology driven uh, trans project because it's not like plug and play throw in and it's going to solve the puzzle of BAPS 2.0 but it's also not a, a traditional typical tax only project where you set up your own tax system which get the data in and just do some side sort of reporting so it's uh, and that's why we were also saying at the beginning everyone really in the company need to be bought into it and work together to achieve uh, uh, something efficiently. Um, Thank you, Erica. A lot to chew on there. Let's see if we have a surprise from Matthias Klein. Do you want to disagree with anything she said? Add your perspective. Matthias, go ahead. Um, maybe disagree in the sense that, uh, that put a question mark. As a, it, it sounds like a very good plan, Erica. Yeah, But the point is then actually to, to make that happen in, in the companies. Yeah, it, It's really a challenge. Yeah, Because if, you, if I look around now, you mentioned accounting, finance, yeah. Also, even even our, our IT uh, department, IT colleagues, they are all not, uh, let's say, idling around. Yeah, so they are very busy with a lot of projects. Yeah, and, and it's also partially then, let's say, your 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 um, your guild from SAP introducing S4. So so people are preparing for the S4 migration. Um, there is a lot of other legal requirements also in, in the finance area. There's a lot of movement in the business yeah aiming for digitalization also in a business disruptive changes in the business models yeah there's a lot of things ongoing and then at the same time tax appears with that topic yeah so that there's nobody really shouting yes here i want give me more tax accounting changes yeah come come on yeah so that's that's maybe the challenge um and maybe a little bit uh, you know the disruption or disagree i have there yeah so I think I, I fully, I'm fully aligned with you when it comes to the plan, but I'm, I'm struggling still. Um, yeah, how, how to get that effective? Yeah, how, how to get that rolling and how to get that um, as good? Yeah, as Vino mentioned, then for the CFO uh, to be um, certain to, to then sign the um, text declaration. Thank you very much, Svanig. You've been summoned. Your turn. Talk to both of them, oh. please. I think, I mean, 
I can't disagree with either one of them. I think this is an opportunity for the tax function represented by people like Matthias to raise their hand and talk about protecting value for the multinational, but also driving efficiencies for the multinational. Uh, there is no way around this regulation. Everyone above 750 million in consolidated revenues will have to comply with this. And then that, then I fall back to what Erica says. Is this a tax project? In my view, no, it's not a tax project at all. It is a parallel uh, accounting standards being introduced. It has to be recognized that it is first and foremostly a finance and accounting issue to comply with a new regulatory tax standard. And driving and succeeding with such a project need to be multi, it needs to have a multidisciplinary approach. There is no way tax can drive it through. There is no way accounting can drive it through. And there is no way IT can enable it. They have to come together. And this is where I'm coming back to my first statement, Bonnie, that perfect is the enemy of good because this takes humongous efforts. And we have to team up <laughs> business functions which have less or more experience in working together. And they have to pull it all in the same direction. So, so, so I, yeah, multidisciplinary, regulatory standard, completely agreeing with Erica and, and also Matthias. Thank you. Erica, I'll let you wrap this one up before we move on to something very controversial with Matthias. Get ready, Matthias. Remember, no politics. Go ahead, Erica, wrap it up for us. What, what, how did you feel about, uh, about Matthias sort of disagreeing with part of what you said? I actually agree. I, I did say I didn't say it was easy, and that's also why I started with the quota that we typically get the response. I don't give a damn, right? I mean, when you go to accounting, that's what the answer you get. I don't give a damn, but that's why from a tax department, right? We needed to break the problem into pieces that can be understood from the rest of the organization, and I mean, not trying to tackle the universe to start with, otherwise for sure that will not be possible. But then uh, the only way to get successful is to get all these stakeholders together and there is a lot of change management to drive both the system and business processes so it's, it's not easy and that's why also we are saying better you get started uh, I mean the more you wait and less time you get and less time you get and the more difficult it is to, to drive changes and get people on board it. so it's it's not going to be easy I mean nothing in tax is easy this one is probably going to be the most complicated one so far so it's uh, uh, and that's really why I guess we are getting this discussion. Oh, Thank so you very much. Good, very, very rich conversation around the table. I shouldn't have used the word rich with taxes. Matthias Klein, <laughs> I'm going to just kind of tumble out there. Matthias, I'm going to read your statement number one. This is interesting. I think there's some controversy in here, but as I said, let's stay away from politics. You say, we see a radical, uncertain legal environment on pillar two. You say, even among EU countries, alignment is missing and the front runners try to lure to unanimity. The U.S. seems to just ignore Pillar 2 and plan for huge tax incentives, but will they allow planned tax benefits to be absorbed and redistributed? I'm going to stop there because the rest of what you said is again above my pay grade. So <laughs> talk about taxes. Matthias, I'm going to let you finish that thought, and then we'll see what Sveinig and Erica have to say. Go ahead, Matthias. Yeah, thanks, Bonnie. And actually, that was the point where you also already stopped me before in the introduction. 
And uh, but but that's really what maybe uh, don't let me sleep at night. Yeah, I think you referred to this in the beginning because I think meanwhile we develop quite well the the capabilities digitalization taxes in at BSF. But the point really is, you know, what what will the world want from us at the end? Yeah. So what what is what is the goal? What's the target? And I think that um, that is really the challenge here. Yeah. So and also it's it's above my pay grade. Yeah. Not not my area to discuss about this politics, yeah. But just I'm 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 listening, yeah, and I, I'm observing what's happening, and that that really sometimes uh, gives me that fear, yeah, that uh, we will not be able to uh, implement it uh, in the right time, yeah, and, and to have the the right data and the right quality, yeah, because that's really the the, the key point here, yeah. We are really talking about um, information data. That we need to to collect in a different way. The organization organization behavior needs to change, yeah, in the sense of that we need to orchestrate how people work together differently, and that also then goes beyond how the tax department uh, as a function is working today. Yeah, and I think that's that's really this uncertainty that is uh, is out there, yeah, and which you know uh, gives me my sleepless nights. What's keeping the tax department awake at night? Spining, let's get you to join in here. What do you think about what Matthias said? No, I agree with Matthias. I mean, it's, uh, it's a bad thing, Matthias. I tend to agree a bit too much. I wish I had something uh, to kind of object on, but I do agree. I mean, there is a uncertainty in the regulations right now. And how do a taxpayer prepare to report out when it's uncertain? what to be reported out and how the data is going to be pulled together. I think that's a significant complexity that comes into this. Um, and I can see that, hey, there is politics in this. Why would we look at redistribution of income? And if we redistribute income into the governments, what does that mean for the governments that have the highest income today? Will they kind of decrease their income on the benefit of another country that had lesser income? So, so I can see there is politics, I can see there is dynamics, but at the end of the day, this is impacting the poor taxpayers that need to comply and go live with something in 2024, which is uncertain. Thank you very much. Erica, join us, please. Yeah, I, I think I also would like to disagree on something, but I, I can, I'm still yet to be honest, after 10 years of work on something around tax, I'm still yet to find a regulation that is clear up front and there is is now open to interpretation and is crystal clear and everyone knows what to do. Uh, I mean, if you guys know one, uh, that is an example, uh, would be nice to discuss about it. So it's uh, it's just the way of world of tax uh, work. I mean, it, when I was looking for quotes, there was there is uh, a quote from the film Lions for Lamb that says, if we, we, we spend money to build tax system and there is always a way around it, why do we also not build a lane for drunk people driving? So it's, it's, I mean, that's, I mean, there are always things around there. It's, uh, uh, in, uh, the, the reality is, is gonna come, right? And they, they need to be, I mean, taxpayer and companies need to be prepared to, uh, the, the foundation, right, with flexibility to adapt to what the rules are and capture and keep an eye on, on the rules, right, uh, and just uh, react as things get more defined, like everything. And it will continue to evolve, and there will be pitfalls, and there will be misses, and there will be things that are not defined, right? And that, that's where, uh, also back to what we were discussing on the previous statement, then 
there is no a plug and play type of solution to respond to it. Uh, is there is a need of adapt from a business perspective, from an organization perspective, and there is a need to have a system which are flexible to be able to incorporate such things as they get more defined, which is every time it happens when there is a new tax requirement. We need to be flexible and keep uh, be on top of it so we are ready to react when it comes and that this is just one more example where this is happening again. Thank it's, you. Um, Matthias, you want to comment back to your colleagues on the panel? Anything you want to say? Maybe just to, to highlight again that, uh, that it's really the point of the impact. Yeah. So I, I and I agree with you, Erica, there are a lot of uh, requirements uh, in the tax world where there's a lot of, let's say, fuzziness inside. Yeah. Just take a look, country by country reporting and the definitions uh, of the data to be reported. Yeah? So if you look into how to find the data, um, I think if you ask 10 people, you get 10 opinions. Yeah? And they're all, all experts in their field. The, the point here is really the, the impact side. Yeah? So CBCR, okay, you compile, you, you submit, but then again, making this part of every legal entity's tax declaration and, um, and bringing that on, on and to any company in the group, yeah. For today, the, even the C companies, yeah, so the, um, the non-impacting companies in, in the group accounting, they are included into this, yeah, because also they need to submit a tax declaration. They are not e exempted from this exercise so far. Yeah, we are hoping, we are counting on you, OECD, yeah, to drive that, but it, it's not there yet, yeah. And those are actually the ones where there is not a lot of infrastructure in groups, yeah, because they are not significant. That's why they are excluded usually then from the uh, group account accounting statement, yeah. So they are they are not relevant, yeah, from financial perspective. Nevertheless, they need uh, to do this exercise, yeah. We we need to have an infrastructure a process set in place just for that purpose, and even for the let's say for the real financial year end closing. This one doesn't exist yet. Yeah? So that's really the, the thing that we are talking about. And again, highlighting the impact side. Yeah? Put your feet in the shoes of the person that then need to sign the tax declaration. Thank you very much. I want to, and thank you for that. I want to uh, see if we can sneak in one last comment. We've got five minutes left, but I, I think this is a good way to summarize the topic. Erica, I'm looking at your statement number three. I'm going to read it just briefly. If we could just get uh, one minute from each of you, two from Erica and one from the other people on the panel. She says, BEPS 2.0 is considered the new world tax system and will dramatically change the international tax landscape. We know that. Now you say the outcome of these efforts could present businesses with a new set of pressures, including new demands for internal resources, the need to revamp tax policies, additional investment requirements for new technology to handle new and greater compliance obligation. So we're talking change management, change management, change management inside the companies are going to have to redo and, and tow down to the new regulations. Erica, why don't you just summarize that for a minute and a half and then we'll see what's finding and yeah. Matthias have to say. Go ahead. I think it's pretty much summarizing what we discussed uh, for the past half an hour and why change the world of tax. I think with your personal experience, Pony, changing states, I think you already described mm -hmm. how it's going to change the world for multinational <laughs> company. We multiply your personal reality for the world. So I don't need me to explain why we'll change the world of tax and uh, it's literally going to touch uh, uh, the business processes, the system and the uh, people that will run uh, uh, the processes. It's not one ingredient solving the puzzle, but it's going to be only 
all three, all of them getting together uh, in like multidisciplinary like projects like Zweinung said uh, that will solve the BAPS 2.0. Uh, it's uh, and of course looking forward working together uh, to bring the different pieces to the puzzle. Bring down those silos, move that bus. Let's see what tax looks like after all of this. Finding one minute, go. What do you think? Oh, I agree again. Uh, it's a boring, uh, boring thing when I constantly agree, but, but this is so challenging that no multinational will be able to do this in a functional silo. They have to kind of team, and I think what not to underestimate is. We will have to create a process underpinned by a technology solution. Adaptation of that solution is going to be critical for the success on the reporting, going back to Matthias's fundamental point around signing the tax declaration. So again, technology, 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 and how do you put the human at the center? How do you ensure that the users are going to have a great user experience to ensure that the adoption is going to be as good as it can be for a process that is going to run on a regular basis. On a global basis. Matthias, you get the last good word. As it can be for tax that you meant to say. <laughs> 60 seconds. Mat yes, Matthias, go ahead. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I think really the key point for me is really the role of, of the tax function in all of this. Yeah. So I think you, you mentioned tax policy. Yes, Yeah. that was our starting point always. We set out the tax policy and then let the other functions implement it. Yeah. And also then maybe stepping up in the next um, evolution to implementing like global tax reporting systems where we are extracting data as a tax function and compiling, for example, for group consolidation purpose. Um, that, that was the next evolution. But I think this pillar two really requires us also to step up as a, as a function and also to take the next, uh, let's say, evolution and uh, really become then mastering the, the change in the company, uh, really from end to end and uh, start with the accounting, uh, have good data and show good data, have these text data pipelines uh, in place so that we can safely and also auditable um, to transform the good data and then deliver it in the right way. Yeah, I think it really, it will depend on, on this evolution of the tax function, whether the, the project will be successful. Thank you. What we didn't talk about, we are out of time, is bringing in new, new blood, young people, older people, experienced people into the tax department to work on these new projects. Part of change management could be bringing in some fresh talent to help with that and saying we've got an exciting project come join our team always talking about right talking about keep keeping it fresh so thank you very much i want to say thank you again to the three of you Svining, bauman larson always a pleasure i always learn so much from you erica you're amazing erica buson thank you so much for joining appreciate no your your quotes were just fine thank you we like it a little spicy on the show matthias klein it's been such a pleasure seeing you again i don't even know if you were on when we were on zoom that was it's been only three years we went to Zoom. So thank you very much. Thank you to showrunner and sponsor Pras Chatterjee at SAP. And of course, Chris Grundy, longtime sponsor. And a shout out to Andrew, our engineer, for getting us on the air on Voice America. And panel, don't go away. I have to take pictures. We were busy setting up. So here's my call to action. You all know this one. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Spining. Bauman Larson, wave again, just like Erica Busen and just like Matthias Klein. Bonnie D signing off. Have a great one. Happy holidays, whatever, wherever, however you're celebrating. And we'll see you again next year. Signing off for Financial Excellence. 
thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.